down women with diluted dreams of hopeful joy. I'm Robin Hawkins, and you're listening to Watered Down Women. Hoping to be free, found a new home. Do you ever think back to your senior year of high school? For some, it may only be a few years ago, but for the rest of us, it was probably a few decades ago. That period is unequivocally one of life's major stepping stones. As one prepares to leave the comfort and security of routine, familiarity, and ease to venture into the unknown world of adulthood. The further removed we are from the occasion, the harder it is to remember details of day-to-day life, like the friends we spent time with, or the specifics of major events, such as prom or graduation. My senior year of school began in September of 1981, and I can recall the excitement leading up to that year and the feeling of truly believing the world was my oyster. Women were achieving major accomplishments unlike any previous time in history. Sandra Day O'Connor was confirmed as the first female Associate Justice to the United States Supreme Court, shattering the glass ceiling and breaking barriers that were seemingly impenetrable. Barbara Mandrell was chosen as the Country Music Association's Entertainer of the Year, making her not only the first woman, but the first person ever to win it twice. And on July 29, 1981, a global television audience of 750 million people watched as a nursery teacher's assistant married the Prince of Wales, automatically ranking her as the third highest female in the British order of precedence, placing behind only the Queen and the Queen Mother. Significant happenings, such as pinnacle moments for women, are quite remarkable and easily stand out in one's memory. However, there are other events that mark a moment in a person's life, and those are distinctive for an entirely different reason. As the aforementioned women were making great strides on the global scene, a demure and quiet woman in Mansfield, Ohio's north end of town was forging ahead in her own right. After 11 years of suffering abuse at the hands of her violent and domineering husband, Shirley Carver finally said enough. Her dreams of a fairy tale life had already ended by the time her marriage began. Dale Carver, whose first wife was granted a divorce from him due to his extreme cruelty, had learned nothing from his previous actions. Within days of exchanging vows with his second wife, he removed his veil 
and revealed the angry and evil nature that continued to fester inside. Despite his failed attempt to portray himself as a changed man. The Shirley, who was known and loved by her friends and neighbors, quickly disappeared, leaving in her place an empty shell of herself who was no longer allowed to speak with anyone or make eye contact. She was described as seeming defeated and hollow, and she often looked down when walking even if only going to the mailbox. I was honored to recently speak with someone who has given purpose to her pain, and that is Kimberly Williams Tabor, the oldest daughter of Shirley Carver. Our family has known Kim throughout her life, but we always knew her as Dee Dee, a nickname given her by her grandmother, Reba. She offered insight into a typical day in her family's life with her stepfather, Dale Carver. A typical day of getting out of bed was being afraid. Wondering if it was going to be a good day or a bad day. Most of the time it was a bad day. Just depending on how dad felt that day. Everyone knows he was an alcoholic, but he didn't have to be drunk to have a bad day. So you get up, you walk on pins and needles, you tippy toe, you do your best not to look him in the eye in hopes that he really doesn't notice you just walk past him. And you basically live in fear all day long, wondering when he's going to snap. Much research has been conducted into the area of why domestic abuse happens. And according to the website, Very Well Mind, whether or not alcohol or drug use is a factor, domestic violence is a very serious issue. Domestic abuse is not so much about loss of control as it is about total control. While some theories view batterers as hardened criminals who behave in calculated manners, others theorize that they act out of their own deep psychological scars. Regardless of which view you apply, most batterers tend to see themselves more as victims than perpetrators. When Del Carver's temper exploded, Petite Shirley was no match for his towering frame. I know she wanted to protect us, but she couldn't. Because if he was angry with her, she would get a beating. And then Steve and I would get a beating right afterwards. Sadly, in the United States, one of the most dangerous places for a woman is in her own home. And statistics reveal that nearly two million men each year beat their partners. For over a decade, Shirley lived in a state of angst and fear. Her daughter holds sorrowful memories of her mom's tormented life. Most of the memories I have of my mother 
She was sad. She was broken. She was scared. <laughs> she loved us, but she was so afraid and didn't know how to help us or help herself. Leaving any type of relationship is never easy, but leaving an abusive relationship may seem downright impossible. Kim revealed that her mom had tried leaving Dale in the past, but the separation was very brief. I can remember one of my aunts telling me that she had left him at one point and he had found her and told her if she didn't come home, that he would kill her. And so she went home. Many abusers use violence as a tool to keep their intimate partner from leaving the relationship. This is known as a form of mate retention behavior. It is a powerful weapon utilized by abusers to keep their spouse faithful and to keep them trapped in the relationship. Let's pause here just for a moment and think back to Kathy Smith. One decade prior, Kathy lived at this very same address and like Shirley, suffered physical and emotional abuse at the hands of her much older spouse. The parallels of these women's lives are not only uncanny, they are frightening. Unlike Kathy, Shirley struggled to find the strength to not only remove herself from the grasp of her husband's terror, she wanted to take her children away from that house of horror. Abusers are often known to mask their bad side with the pleasant or positive traits, and this allows them to develop a pattern of being nice at times and being violent at times. This pattern is sometimes referred to as crazy making because it causes the victim to wonder if the abuse is simply in his or her own head. After years of the psychological tug of war, Shirley Carver found the strength to leave once and for all because she found someone to be strong alongside her. Kim revealed the turning point that empowered her mom with the courage to remove her shackles of emotional captivity and escape the prison that was her home. She finally met a man who treated her like gold. And he made her feel good. And he made us kids feel good. And he bought us things and so she knew there was a different life out there and she was tired and afraid of living the life she had been living and so she was having an affair it lasted about four weeks until he found out about it and when he found out about it he beat her up real bad and told her he was going to kill that gentleman and he would be back to kill her and that's the day we left home. And so it was that during the last week of October, 1981, Shirley Carver left her home on Boyle Road 
and return to the safety and security of her mother's home on Pryor Road. Incidentally, this house was located next door to the house that Kathy Smith sought refuge in a decade prior. Immediately, those who encountered Shirley during that last week in October were quite astonished by the change in her demeanor. On a personal note, I remember seeing her at a local grocery store on October 29th and was pleasantly surprised when she approached me and said hello and asked about my family. This was so out of character for her that I went home and told my parents about our encounter. Another former neighbor shared with me that she saw Shirley outdoors at her mom's house that week and Shirley waved to her, causing her to be taken aback by the friendly action. This may not seem significant or monumental, but for those who knew her, it was so refreshing to see a return to the old Shirley that everyone knew, loved, and missed. In retrospect, it was only fitting that Shirley sought refuge at her mom's house because she relied on her parents for comfort and support at another vulnerable time in her life. And that was when she learned of her first pregnancy when she herself was just a teen. That period was a turning point that solidified their mother-daughter relationship and strengthened it to a level they had never before experienced. On October 30th, 1981, Shirley Carver probably started her day with a sense of relief and excitement that she hadn't experienced in over a decade. She had turned the page on her life of pain and unhappiness and was beginning a new chapter that she hoped would be filled with love and jubilation. It's quite possible that she, too, believed the world was now her oyster and envisioned a life where anything was possible. Unfortunately, her hopes were suddenly dashed when Dale Carver arrived at the doorstep of his mother-in-law's home, pushed his way in and opened fire on a room filled with unsuspecting victims. Four sets of innocent eyes watched in total horror as the man they called Dad injured their uncle with a gunshot wound to his arm and then brutally and fatally shot their mother and grandmother, forever sealing their mother-daughter bond by sending them into eternity together. I have no proper words to end Shirley's tragic saga, so I'll close this episode with the words of her courageous daughter. When I say she had an affair, most people would automatically think, well, that's horrible. Maybe she got what she deserved, but she didn't. And I'm her oldest daughter, and I'm thankful she had four weeks 
of someone caring enough about her that she got the strength to leave. And then those four weeks, I saw my mom smile. And I don't remember her smiling prior to that. Watered down women with diluted dreams are home for joy has been washed down the stream. A fool's paradise, hoping to be free, found a new home in the cemetery. Grab a shovel. And join me each Monday as we dig a little deeper and uncover the tragedies of watered down women. With no help from above, passionate promises made with each breath, deceptive affection ended in death. Girl shattered. Filled with the agony of bruises and strife, reaching the